and they had this like he was like a drama teacher, massive black guy from Detroit, and, and so he, he got him posed down beside the tacker holding the handpiece. <laughs> he's like, my motivation, my motivation is to keep these alpacas cool in the summertime. Welcome along to the first ever episode of the Manacast, solving all of the big issues. Get at me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the Manacast, and we're going to solve all the big issues together. Uh, every week I'm going to have a new guest on to help me solve the problem. This week it's Gus Patterson, alpaca sharer, and he's going to help us solve the problem of keeping your alpacas cool in the summertime. We're also going to solve homelessness and how to get through a hard day's yakka when you're feeling under the weather. Alright, the first issue we're going to solve today on the Manacast is the issue of homelessness. Homelessness, especially in Wellington. I've never seen so many homeless people in New Zealand as there are in Wellington. They're all up and down the street begging you for your loose change. And I feel bad when I don't have any loose change to give them. I mean, not that bad because it's, you know, my money. But I don't carry loose change. I buy most of my stuff with my FPOS card. And I think most other people do as well. So if I end up homeless, here's what I'm doing. I'm begging for one week. Hopefully that's enough money. I'm going to save up every cent of that. Just not eat for a week. Starve. I can handle it. At the end of that week, I got enough money, I buy a PayWave machine. Now I'm begging with PayWave. People don't even have to stop. They just walk past, swipe their card, cruise. I make enough money to buy another PayWave machine. I give that machine to my homie down the road and take a cut of all of his profits. Then, when he's got enough money, he recruits two more people. So now I've got a whole pyramid scheme full of homeless people with PayWaves, and I'm making a cut off the top of all of that. I'm making a killing, and we've solved homelessness. You're welcome. All right. Here's, here's what we're doing. We're solving the big issues on the Manacast today, and the big issue that we wanted to solve today is how to keep your alpacas cool in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, on, so on the line, we've got <laughs> Gus Patterson, alpaca here. Gus, how you going? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, I'm going to yeah. just crack into this as if I haven't been talking to you for the last five minutes. How do you get an alpaca sharing job? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you know, I got... Look, I, I had uh, nothing to do once I finished uni, so... My cousin, who was an alpaca sharer himself, uh, is an alpaca sharer, said to me, why don't you come sharing alpacas with me? And, like, can you think of any good reasons why you wouldn't do it? In fact, you, you couldn't. That's why you did it. Yeah, no, I couldn't. So uh, the principles of uh, sharing alpacas are you have one man holding the alpaca and one man sharing the alpaca. So uh, to start with, I was the man uh, holding the alpaca. And then uh, my cousin, Sam, and injured himself, he injured his back in the process, dangerous job that it is. Yeah. And so basically once he left there was no one in the country really that could share an alpaca. So <laughs> it's sort of a Stephen Donald esque situation. <laughs> uh, I was the man for the job. Probably not the man you'd want but the man that would do. I'll find a penalty, but not from fifty. Thirty five. A gettable penalty. Run us through how exactly you share an alpaca. The alpaca is larger than a sheep, more awkward than a sheep, so you've, you've got to tie the thing up. Yeah. And so what you want is you want to put some ropes around its legs, and those ropes are on a pulley system, so you stretch them out. Uh, one person's obviously holding the alpaca, keeping the animal safe, and the other person uh, pulls the rope on the pulley, stretching the alpaca out. So they're, so they're lying and, down on the ground there? Lying down on the ground, yep. And you've got your head man holding the ears uh, in a series of contortions uh, known as head manning. Yep. And the shearer sort of shears, I mean, you're both on your knees, I suppose. The alpaca's lying flat on the ground. Yep. And then um, well, you just sort of tear into it. Why Why do you shear alpacas? Well, 
the alpaca's cool in the summertime. Uh, <laughs> if, if I was in the shed, the alpaca's in her wood. I mean, how many alpacas shearers do you know? Yeah, you know, they're not I mean, everywhere. So yeah. basically what drives me is uh, if these animals were not to be shorn in the summertime, uh, the, the winter would be okay for them, but they'd get around to next summertime and they'd have two years' worth of fleece on them and they'd be too hot. So it's a Just, vocation. It's a vocation. It's a, absolutely. Absolutely what it is. Um, and what is, like, is the alpaca fibre worth anything? Well, what is, it, what is it used for and how much do they get for it? Oh, well, it all depends, really. Uh, it's like any primary industry production. Uh, all the money's taken out by the middlemen. If you, if you were to buy alpaca fibre, it would, it would cost you a fortune. Yeah. But um, to produce it, unless you're producing really top-end quality, which I suppose is fineness, uh, crimp. Yeah. Uh, whatever that is, and colour. People love, obviously, the nice coloured alpacas. Yeah, and, w- and what do they use alpaca fibre for? Oh, it's uh, hypoallergenic, actually. Uh, so you can use it in, like, duvets and pillows, I think, they use a lot of it. Sp- and you can, you can basically anything you make with the world you can make with alpaca fibre. Are, are the alpacas themselves worth a bit? Uh, alpacas themselves are worth a lot more than the fibre. It's... Uh, a lot of it's to do with the prestige of owning a packer, like a, a French bulldog or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that you've got a packer and your neighbour doesn't have a packer makes it worth more. <laughs> Just for conflict. Probably it's worth. Um, yeah. what's, what's the most expensive alpaca that you've ever shown? How much well, was I'm the animal? I'm glad you asked me this time, but no, it's worth more than I am. <laughs> It'll be 80,000 pounds, and it's, what was his name? Nightimber. Yeah, something like that. That's kind that's... of like the racehorse industry without the, the racing or the actual... Yeah, they're, they're essentially just show ponies. It's like, it's yeah, like breeding yeah. dogs. They don't have any actual... But practically, yeah. I mean, if you sell an alpaca for 80,000 pounds, it's, it's therefore worth 80,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, that's 160 grand. What could you, you could buy a Ferrari for 160 grand in New Zealand, I'm sure. That's, that's more. The exchange rate's through the roof at the moment. You could, you could probably buy a three-bedroom house in Waimati, New Zealand. For... <laughs> for the price of an alpaca. Yeah. That's out of hand. I'd, I'd rather have the packet. Can't ride a house. <laughs> can't share a house. Can't share a house. No. <laughs> it's no good to anyone. Where have you been sharing? Because you've been oh, all over the uh, world sharing, haven't you? Been a few places. Sean in the United States and uh, over here in the UK. Um, basically, wherever there's packers, I'll share. <laughs> you got over to the continent this year, I heard? No, oh, no, you didn't hear anything about that. Okay, sweet. We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll leave it in. Fuck it. We, we popped the trunk on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you brought a world of pain into my life. <laughs> Sorry, mate. All right, Gus, that's all the time we've got. Thanks for coming on the Monocast. Oh, no worries, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, good to spread the gospel. All the best with the podcast. Cheers. All right, the next, the next uh, issue we're going to solve off the back of that is... You know when you're, you're feeling a wee bit crook, but you've got work, you know, or you know there's something you got to do that you just can't get out of it. How do you get around being crook when you have to go to work? I think I mentioned in there that I worked with Gus last year in the UK. Um, I was supposed to meet him in the UK, but when I got there, he was still in Chicago. He was holed up in a, um, 
motel room with what he reckoned was the worst stomach bug he's ever had he was calling it the chicago illness and i didn't believe him because i reckon you know when you hear your mates say that they go oh crook guts it's the worst you know stomach ache they've ever had nah bro you've never been this okay you just sort of assume they're a wee bit of a bitch i don't know i do so when he got there i was giving him shit about it and then a couple of days later we were driving home um from work one day and it just hit me we had to pull over i was throwing up on the side of the road i was like back in the car just shivering like a little bitch and i was so cold got there all night throwing up i was on the toilet all night and the next morning uh had to get up and go and share again and I, it's like we were the only two people there it's not like i could just call in you know call a sickie oh no nah, bro not gonna be able to make it today so i had to turn up and um it was just the worst day of my life in between, I was just dragging alpacas out every, um, from their pen uh, out to where we were shearing them. I would hold them in place and then uh, the people with the ropes would tie them on and sort of stretch the animal out. So I'm just wrestling with alpacas all day and in between wrestling with each alpaca, I'd run across this paddock in the rain to this uh, portaloo. But it wasn't like a portaloo that they'd brought in to supply us with, you know, for our use. It was like a portaloo that they'd abandoned or like thrown out and just left in the paddock. So there was no, I mean, there's no water in it. Um, there was a roll of toilet paper in there, but God knows how old that was. Anyway, I'm not going to go into too much detail, although I probably already have. I was in there, it was coming out of both ends, there was blood involved, it wasn't pretty. But I had to just stump up and go back into the shed and bring out the last few animals. And... Um, we got to this particularly pissed off alpaca down the back and it was the biggest bastard in the pen and i got down there i was like not looking forward to this grabbed it and it starts bucking around and like kicks some fences out of the way and stuff and so i'm like wrestling around with this thing and the stress of wrestling with this alpaca just pushed me over the edge and i just fouled out i mean it wasn't like a lot like it wasn't trickling down my leg or anything like that but it was enough you know to make you pretty uncomfortable but the worst part was that i still had this alpaca in my hands and i couldn't let go of it and let it just run rampage around the shed so i had to hold on to this thing and just push it back and just sort of waddle along with this alpaca while i'm waiting for these guys to put the ropes on and they noticed that something was wrong one of them looked up and i'm like straining physically straining my face is purple and they're like are you all right mate well, yeah, just put the ropes on. And they finally get the ropes on. I put the animal down and just bolt out of the shed. So here's how you get through a rough day at work when you're feeling pretty crook. You look at yourself in the mirror and you remind yourself that, yeah, it's a pretty bad day. But at least you haven't shat yourself while holding an alpaca. All right, that's all we've got time for on this week's episode of the Monocast. Thanks for listening. Um, big thanks to Gus for coming on the podcast. I'll see you next week. Cheers.